you're listening to the podcast in conversation with IPR and competition law. I am Aditya Trivedi, founder and host of this podcast. Let's welcome our guest for today, Mr. Aditya Jain, advocate on record Supreme Court of India. He is an advocate on record at Supreme Court of India, having eight years of experience in the areas of commercial litigation, white collar crimes, arbitration, and healthcare and pharmaceutical. Now we'll discuss on competition law analysis of healthcare sector in India. Sir is currently managing partner of his law firm named JNG Associates. The firm works in the area of commercial litigation and healthcare and business advisory. So, without any delay, let's start with some of the pertinent questions related to healthcare industry and looking at it from antitrust lens. So, can you briefly explain the various competition issues that are present in the healthcare sector? What are the most prominent concerns at present? So, good evening, Aditya and Ishita, and thank you for inviting me over this podcast which is on a very interesting and also a very relevant topic on various competition law issues which are prevalent in the healthcare sector. Uh, So competition like in any industry is I would say quite essential in the marketplace and same applies to the healthcare industry as well. Now the benefits of competition are many. One is the cost price factor second is the quality improvement and third but not the least is the encouragement of innovation now before understanding the competition issues in the healthcare sector uh, we must understand the dual regulatory control which is there in the healthcare sector so at the central level there is the central drug standard control organization also known as the CEDESCO and the primary duties of CEDESCO are to approve new drugs, clinical trials and setting up standards for import and licensing of many categories of drugs. At the state level, there is state level state drug control organization and its primary responsibility is to issue licenses for distribution, manufacture and sale of drugs and monitoring of these activities. So. These are the two agencies which are there respectively at the state and the central level. Now, the most important and the most pertinent uh, competition law issue in the healthcare sector is the threat of monopolization and abuse of dominant position in the market. So we see that the entire drug market or the entire pharmaceutical market is largely dominated by foreign brands or branded drugs as opposed to generic drugs. Now, post the introduction of product patent in the year 2005, this increased more. Now, the exclusive market rights, that is a principle which is there in the healthcare sector pertaining to drugs and pharmaceuticals, so the EMR, what the EMRs did was to, it benefited the big pharma companies to utilize the dominant position in the market for profit maximization purpose. So these are the major issues. Number one is the monopolization issue. Also, you must have heard of the Novartis case before the Madras High Court, uh, 
in which Novartis was involved in production of an anti-cancer medication called Plivec. Now, <clears throat> the company lost the case, and this case, I would say, was a major gateway uh, for affordable medicines in India. Uh, also, the other important issue, I would say, the important issue pertaining to competition law is the threat of collusive agreements or anti-competitive agreements between various pharma companies and the manufacturers or the sellers or the retailers of drugs. So, what these collusive agreements do is that they restrain the retailers or the shopkeepers from selling any other drug apart from the drug for which they enter into an agreement with the major pharma company. So, this is again a very uh, important issue of uh, collusive agreements which is prevalent in the pharmaceutical and the healthcare sector. Now, uh, though they are called, there are provisions of the Competition Act which are there which prohibit collusive uh, agreements per se, but I would say as of now they are not adequate or there, there are the law is there in force but what we lack currently is the effective control or the effective enforcement of law. So this is the second issue which is there if you talk about the collusive agreements. The third and also very important uh, issue uh, which is there in the healthcare sector is the issue of IP uh, licensing. So we see that majority of the drugs or the uh, majority of the pharmaceuticals for even the essential drugs of the pharmaceuticals are mostly patented in countries outside India. So what they lead to is uh, huge problems in terms of selling of those drugs or obtaining uh, affordable medicines by the Indian uh, retailers. So this is another pertinent issue which is there. The last but not the least but a very important issue uh, is the issue uh, posed by mergers and acquisitions. So you must have heard this pertinent issue of killer mergers and acquisitions and how they are killing the uh, generic pharmaceutical sector in India. Now, the competition legislation provides for merger review only beyond the threshold level. Now, the threshold limit being set up provides for only certain levels of deals and transactions to come within the purview of competition authorities in the country. However, even though MNA are not anti-competitive in nature, they play a pivotal role for companies to remain in competition. Now, one of the major problems or one of the primary targets of the drugs and the pharma companies is with respect to competition issue is the issue of cartelization. Now, we see that majority of these companies, they form a cartel in a particular region or in a particular area and they operate through that cartel. So, this is one another issue which is there. So, I would say all these issues have uh, long-standing uh, effects or I would say side effects which are uh, uh, which are proving which are proving to be a roadblock for the Indian vision of affordable healthcare for all so these are the major issues which are there thank you thank you so much sir, for pointing out these pertinent issues and also telling us about the regulatory authorities and also the anti-competitive concerns and abuse of dominance concern and also the merger control part of it 
so how do these concerns antitrust concerns impact the consumers so that's another very interesting question because uh, after understanding what are the major issues the natural uh, consequence would be how do these concerns impact the consumers so uh, they can impact the consumers i would say on three levels first is the price rise so the price rise occurs due to catalyzation and abuse of dominant position in the market so we see uh, that there is huge amount of catalyzation and abuse uh, of dominant position by these by these major foreign pharmaceutical giants so uh, due to this uh, they make sure that uh, the price rise uh, is there in the market and the generic uh, medicine or the people selling those generic medicines are discouraged uh, from entering the market now this happens at two levels again first is uh, that they they do cartelization by you know associating with certain physicians or doctors and by entering into some kind of agreements with them wherein those doctors or those physicians or those medical practitioners or those mrs they prescribe drugs only of the of certain companies now since these doctors or these medical practitioners are pros- prescribing or even big hospitals are prescribing drugs only of these major companies this leads to price rise of these medicines and these are the only medicines which are available in the market then so then the consumer is left with no other choice but to buy these drugs in case of emergency and other health issues second is i would say <clears throat> the poor and the spurious quality of drugs or the inferior quality of drugs so due to uh, these drugs being present in the market and these drugs uh, drugs being uh, a very high price what they lead to is essentially a copy of these drugs which are essentially spurious drugs by smaller manufacturers because that is the only way the smaller manufacturers could then compete uh, with uh, the bigger fish in the market so uh, this leads to inferior quality and spurious drugs uh, being present in the market and what has led to uh, these spurious drugs or the inferior quality drugs is also the effective regulatory control at least at the state level so we see in a number of pharmacies in there in every city or every small town or village and uh, you see that you know they are prescribing or they are giving medicines without any prescription and even steroids or any uh, schedule x drugs so this happens because there is lack of effective regulatory control uh, by the agencies at the state level uh, also one important issue is the poor quality of treatment now the poor quality of treatment is also one factor which is uh, i would not say a direct fallout but an indirect fallout of the competition law issue which is there so the poor quality of treatment leads to of course ill health and medical issues and uh, what not but also it encourages the untrained uh, medical staff to venture into this arena of providing treatment without uh, possessing uh, proper uh, degrees or proper qualifications so these are the major issues i would say which impact the consumer right sir thank you for your answer and clarification on this uh, query that most of us are concerned because we are consumers of healthcare services as well as the drugs that we consume during our medication etc so how can competition law be harnessed 
to provide efficient healthcare services particularly in india uh so that is again a very relevant question uh and a very relevant uh, i would say a relevant point which i think we need to discuss because we have not really explored competition law as a tool for providing efficient healthcare services so within the competition law uh there exist multiple provisions which may be of assistance in regulating competition within the domain of healthcare now number 1 is section 3 which prohibits antitrust and anti competitive agreements now also there is one section 19 which basically uh, section 21 and 22 sorry not 19 which allow for inquiry and investigation into the agreements so constructed by the competition commission of india so the competition commission has ample powers also i would say uh, that especially in cases of activities uh, which may consider which may consider to falter and threaten abuse of dominance there are there are ample provisions in the act which may be attracted one is section 23 per se so even the courts at uh, you know have multiple instances have intervened to establish guidelines for the regulation of dominance uh now the court has also prohibited zero pricing by dominant player beyond a certain level as that in all likelihood may disrupt the existing competition also if you talk about section 27 and 28 uh of the competition act uh it allows the authorities to look into the division of companies enjoying dominant position uh to pa- and also it allows uh, the authorities to pass orders concerning the abuse of dominance now to deal with these aspects concerning monopolization by patent laws section 4 of the act may be employed also uh while dealing uh, with aspects concerning mna there are other provisions of the act which could be employed so i think if you see uh, the competition act as a whole uh it has ample provisions uh, which are there in force and anyone any whistleblower or any person with adequate information uh, or after doing proper market research uh, may approach uh, uh, may file a complaint in the proper performa uh, before the competition commission of india if he feels that any healthcare company or any pharmaceutical company is uh, uh, using its dominant position to influence the market or is adopting tactics for cartelization or is basically trying to reduce competition in the market or even uh, selling spurious drugs so that would again fall under the consumer protection laws so i think the consumer and the competition laws are uh, quite robust now in terms of uh, prohibiting uh, such kind of practices and thus i think the competition law if applied in its two letter and spirit and if understood in the right perspective i think it could uh, be harnessed to provide provide efficient healthcare services right sir thank you for your very relevant answer as well as observation on the uh, harnessing of competition law into to provide better healthcare services a question related to this is as healthcare can be termed as a social service in some countries it is also provided for free 
and in some countries it might be cheaper and like india is also known as the pharma capital of the world with respect to vaccines we produce maximum number of vaccines so healthcare can be termed as a social service are there any characteristics unique to this sector that must be taken into consideration while dealing with the competition so what i could understand your question is that uh, are there any current uh, characteristics which are unique to the sector and which should be taken into consideration right sir so i would say yes healthcare uh, i would say let's not call it a social service but let's call it a, a necessary and a core sector uh, and i think the sector functioning the efficient functioning of the sector is essential if you have, if you have to grow as an economy so it's a very necessary sector it's a social sector of course but it's a very necessary sector so uh, having said that uh, a very fine balance uh, has to be maintained uh, between the sector as a whole and then its commercial perspective so that is when the government should step in because you know uh, there would be market players there would be companies giants pharmaceutical companies medical devices companies manufacturers retailers uh, distributors would obviously have a commercial intent behind uh, the particular product that they're selling but at the same time uh, how that could balance the social service part or the social sector uh, i think that that is the role the regulator has to play so that a fine balance has to be maintained between the commercial perspective and between the social perspective uh, of the pharmaceutical sector so i think uh, a few incentives uh, could then be uh, uh, taken up by the government uh, one is the patient care delivery of course so uh, for certain segments of the society i would i think the lower economic strata of the society and also uh, for the children and the elderly population they should be uh, free of cost treatment and common minimum programs to be introduced by the state government at every level because i think this is the uh, probably the 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 sector or this is the kind of age group which is the most vulnerable and uh, for it is very difficult then to you know uh, provide affordable uh, healthcare for all if we are not providing uh, at least free or low cost healthcare to these sectors one is the children elderly population and the economic lower strata of the society so this could be done at the government level by you know introducing certain common minimum programs and uh, at the corporate level it, it could be done as a csr initiative now also one important characteristic uh, would be the urgent need of regulating the sale or sale of drug at state level and medical devices at national level so i would say there are authorities which govern or control the i would say the manufacture or the approval or the licensing uh, part at the state level or the national level but uh when it comes to sale of these drugs or when it comes to distribution of these drugs in the market uh there is hardly any authority which is doing its duty right so i would say uh for that we need proper uh, uh policy framework and more than the policy framework we need uh, the enforcement of that policy framework uh which could be again done by the central and the state government and also the citizens as a whole so i think this is these are the three issues which i would say uh, are the characteristics 
uh, which is unique to the sector and which must be taken into consideration while dealing with the competition aspect thank you thank you sir for your answer as we discussed the consumer and competition law interface and also ipr and competition law interface let's delve deeper into it and also considering the covid pandemic which made the differences between the west and third world evident how has the patent patent laws and competition laws worked in making the vaccine more accessible or maybe morely more in the healthcare sector how has patent and competition law impacted each other or what's the interface that you see uh, so i would say uh, considering the 19 covid 19 pandemic uh there was a lot of difference between uh the availability of vaccines in the west and the third world countries and uh, in pursuit uh, of the long lives well lived uh, the development of new vaccines also played a critical role in fighting infectious diseases and tackling the challenges of public health and global bioethics now the issue of patent and ownership rights has been a part of the international discourse because of grave inequalities in vaccine availability and access across different countries now every country ideally should have a right to make its own vaccines during a pandemic now that's that was the principle which underpinned the campaign to temporarily waive the ip protection on coronavirus vaccines now the campaign was initiated as we all know by india and south africa and was backed by 100 countries more than 100 countries uh, along with the international organization like who un and un aids now the goal was simple the goal was to reduce uh, the barriers to countries producing their own vaccines particularly particularly for the lowest income nations so this was the goal i would say uh, of these organizations now one of the biggest concerns about the ip waivers i would say this is one of the biggest concerns which even the other countries had was that they that they provide a shortcut uh, to competitors looking to acquire expensive technology now companies also say that ip relief will not accelerate vaccine manufacturing because materials are in short supply and it can take several years to build up capacity from scratch so more than the ip part of it uh, more than the uh, competition part of it i think there needs to be a proper mechanism uh, to make sure that uh, this proper technology transfer to the developing or the underdeveloped nations i think due to lack of such technology or lack a lack of such tech transfer uh, we are lacking capabilities to manufacture uh, such vaccine at each level uh, i think uh, ip relief will uh not accelerate vaccine manufacturing but then it's a it's a later stage so once we have sub- built sufficient capacities uh of vaccine manufacturing then the ip part of it comes into the picture where ip can play a critical role in providing uh safeguards uh, with regard to patents and all but i think what we require at this stage is uh technology transfer and capacity building to make sure that, that the underdeveloped and the developing countries have sufficient access to uh, these vaccines even um, during the time of pandemic and even otherwise thank you so for your answer and also talking about the interface of these two laws uh asking some more relevant questions which are like how does a cross border competition affect the indian healthcare sector as well as the shining perspective of promoting medical tourism to india 
some more points which i would like you to comment on is like cross border competition as also we also see a lot of mncs working in india and also mnda's mergers and acquisition happening in healthcare sector so any comments sir uh, yes a lot of mnas do happen uh, in the healthcare sector and a lot of cross border com- competition is always there in the healthcare sector uh, and also uh, the second part of your question Uh, which will come to later is the pers- perspective of promoting medical tourism so the cross border competition uh, again has its good side and has its bad side so i think collaborative efforts or collaborative agreements or yeah, mna so there are certain mergers and acquisitions between indian companies and the foreign companies and uh, so that would have ideally have a pro- positive impact uh, as regards the availability of uh, uh medicines or availability of devices are concerned uh, in the indian market so that is ideally a good step which is there uh, i think it's a good uh, thing which is happening by let's say promoting the indian pharmaceutical companies and uh, the foreign pharmaceutical companies to collaborate with each other i think that is the reason why india has been called the uh, pharmaceutical capital of the world because it has done huge amounts of manufacturing especially over the last 20 years due to such mna transactions so it's it's got a huge effect in terms of that secondly uh, also the cross border uh, competition do has its good side but we must not forget the uh, negative uh, effects that it might have in the healthcare sector so uh, the cross border competition um, uh, which eventually leads to uh, uh, mnas and such kind of transactions can possibly lead to price rise in the indian market which we've seen in the last few years so uh, which again which a country like india cannot afford at this stage because we see that there are huge margins that these pharma companies have and majority of the population we cannot uh, we in india especially uh, the ones who need healthcare the most are the lower income groups so we must make sure that the government provide them efficient or subsequent subsidies in terms of at least the healthcare sector by using the tax proceeds or the by using the corporate tax which the government receives from such transactions so then it is the onus is lies on the government to make sure that the price rise remains in control secondly uh, medical tourism again it's a uh, promoting medical tourism is a good concept it has been in the books for a long time now uh, there are hospitals like narayan narayana urvadale and the medanta medicity which have have uh actually further this objective to some extent but i would say uh, as a medical tourism destination india still has to come up with better uh, medical infrastructure by medical by opening up medical devices parks or manufacturing clusters uh india is taking a uh, a uh, effort is, is taking a proactive step by uh, uh, you know utilizing the scz's for establishing uh, the medical devices parks and also the government is coming up with the pli initiatives and all those things for promoting manuf- manufacturing indigenous manufacturing especially in the medical devices sector so that is again a very good aspect of medical tourism especially if we want uh, the foreign patients to come to india to get themselves treated uh, then we must make sure that we have uh, quality uh, patient uh, care services uh, and for doing that we need i think 
again setting up of quality hospitals uh not just at the private uh, level but also the government level so uh medical tourism will increase furthermore if we are able to keep the competition in check because if the larger play players dominate there is lesser scope for medical tourism but if the competition provisions are enacted in its true letter and spirit then definitely that would open flat gates for medical tourism as well in times to come yes sir right uh, very important observations and also an interesting perspective to this uh, podcast on medical tourism as well as the upcoming trends that we see in the indian healthcare sector the last question would be how are the challenges related to data sharing to be tackled while we promote pharma tech so yes again pharma tech again a very a new and a very vibrant concept uh, pharma tech again is uh i think because now we see that medicines are being ordered uh online or pres- being prescribed online or being ordered by consumers uh or through the mobile phones or something of that sort so which is again very good uh, but i would still say that uh, it needs to be regulated to a lot of extent because I, we saw the madras high court judgment uh which uh, banned online selling of medicines after a while but then uh, the law the legal position is still not very clear the government hasn't come up with a robust policy to regulate pharma tech and because of that we see a lot of websites not just the bigger names like one mg or netmeds and everything but even the smaller players now selling certain drugs which are otherwise prohibited online so uh, for pharma tech to thrive for pharma tech to reach the end consumer i think there needs to be a proper channel Uh, there needs to be a proper mechanism by way of which certain medicines could be sold online but those medicines should be uh, should not be ideally the uh, you know specialized drugs or i would say the uh, the steroids because you know we have to create a balance because see until uh, we do not regulate pharmatech it has it could have very serious implications uh, for the population uh, though the business commercial intent is there but still it is always better to make sure that you buy a medicine from a shop uh, also the data the data aspect as you rightly pointed out uh, is uh, very important because the patient data i would say is very crucial which falls under the under the category of the sensitive personal data even under the proposed new data protection law and even under the existing it act or the it rules so to protect this data i think uh, the the data principles or the data fiduciaries who are actually collecting data uh, the the platforms or the through which the data is being collected uh, they have to you know be accountable to a lot of extent because it is their duty to make sure that the data is uh, collected and then deleted subsequently so that it isn't misused so the right to be forgotten or uh the responsibility to, to delete patient data immediately then falls upon uh, uh the p- people who are collecting it like the data fiduciaries now i've seen i've know I've, i know a lot of biz- health tech businesses who have actually made a fortune over this patient data uh in countries like the us or the uk where there are sufficient laws but they aren't there isn't sufficient enforcement of these laws now we need to treat the patient data uh as in as a priority uh, to be to be able to tackle these challenges because 
patient data if leaked could lead to disastrous consequences uh and we need to be you know aware of that so i think that would uh, be a particular way uh, to promote pharmatech at the same time pharmatech should be promoted to a very limited extent to some extent it should be promoted but i would say still it is always better to purchase a drug over the counter right so thank you so much for your observations and also the comment on the legal and regulatory issues which are involved in the healthcare sector mostly the competition law analysis that we have done in this podcast thank you so much for sharing insights with us it's it's an honor to have you on our podcast and happy to see you in our future podcast too thank you so much uh, it's a pleasure being here and uh, i thank uh, ishita and aditya both of you uh, for organizing in such an interesting uh, podcast where i could share my views and i wish you all the best for the any such future podcasts thank you thank you so much sir